Hi there, and welcome back to Speaking of Texas, the podcast that's all about Texas and her people. If you have a love of Texas or even just a passing interest in it, this is the podcast for you. Hi there, I'm Tweet Scott, your host. Today, I'm going to tell you a story that most Texans have never heard before. And I promise you, every word of it is true. An extraordinary event took place in Texas 112 years ago. The year was 1910. It had been 40 years at that point since Texas came back into the United States following the Civil War. The Reconstruction years were particularly hard on the state in trying to scratch out a living dominated life for decades. Texas pretty much had a bad image anyway because it was still being associated with the Old South, the Lost Cause, slavery, and all the nastiness that went with it. The leadership agreed about one thing. Texas had a lousy image, and they were going to improve it. But how? As they sat around the Capitol, someone asked, if we were going to change our image, how would we even do that? What do we even have to build on? Then some far-thinking soul said something like, well, we did have a revolution. We were once our own country. Well, duh, there it is. That's something that we can build on. And they did. They started looking back through Texas history to find ways to bring back the memories and the people who made significant contributions to both the Republic of Texas and the state of Texas. And they began this project with moving the earthly remains of Stephen F. Austin to the city named for him. We are talking about the father of Texas. Now, just a bit of background to put this story into some context. Moses Austin's bank failed in the financial panic of 1819. He came up with a plan to bring in some 300 families to become settlers in Mexican Tejas, or Texas as we know it today. He cut a deal with the Mexican government to bring in those settlers. And after signing up a relatively few of those families, Moses Austin took ill and died. It would be up to his son, Stephen Fuller Austin, to complete the task. Stephen F. Austin would become known as the father of Texas. He is credited with bringing in the first 300 families, known as the Old 300, the original families to settle in what is known as Mexican Texas. Austin was a successful impresario, and he was known for his even-handed and fair management of his Austin colony. After Santa Ana came into power in 1833, relations with the Spanish government started to deteriorate. Austin tried to address and clear up any disagreements with the Mexican government and Santa Ana. Originally, Austin did not want Texas to split from Mexico. He was very loyal to Mexico. However, he was arrested for treason and spent most of the next year in solitary confinement in Mexico City. That treatment permanently broke his health, and by the time he came back to Texas, he knew that revolution was the only path the Texans could take. After the Republic of Texas was formed after the revolution, he was that nation's first Secretary of State. He died in December of 1836, just a few months after taking office. He was buried in the family cemetery near his sister's plantation at Peach Point, about 12 miles from the current day Brazoria. He was laid to rest and remained there undisturbed for the next 74 years. Then on October 18th, Texas Senate Committee of five men, two senators and three representatives from the Capitol in Austin to Peach Point 
to exhume Austin's body and confirm the remains were those of Stephen F. Austin. The then-governor, Thomas Campbell, wanted to have the father of Texas reinterred in the Texas State Cemetery in the city named for him. And what happened next was truly a remarkable chain of events. After the body was brought to the surface, it was confirmed that these indeed were the remains of Stephen F. Austin. The only thing left of Austin at that point were his bones. They were wrapped in a white sheet and placed in a new metal casket. That casket was placed on a horse-drawn wagon and taken the 12 miles to Brazoria. And by the time the wagon reached Brazoria, the school children were let out of school and given a flower and they were allowed to walk by the casket and lay the flower on the casket in a simple but dignified ceremony. They also sang the Texas flag song. The casket was placed upon the train and then taken to Angleton, where those children were let out of school and they performed the flower ceremony as well. As a matter of fact, that stop in Angleton was fairly short. It really was only about 15 minutes long. Then the train went on to Houston. The casket was brought to the Stephen F. Austin Elementary School, where all the politicians showed up, and there was a lot of speechifying going on, as you might imagine. And again, the children performed the flower ceremony. They sang the Texas flag song and America the Beautiful. Then, the casket was back on the train, this time headed to its final destination, Austin. It arrived late in the afternoon of the 19th and his remains were taken to the Capitol building, where he lay in state in the Senate chamber until the next afternoon. Better than 3,000 people crowded into that chamber to pay their respects. The next afternoon, October 20, 1910, about 3.30 in the afternoon, the Austin school children were pressed into action. This time, they had a different role. Imagine, if you will, all the Austin school children, dressed in their Sunday best, lined up on each side of the wide promenade below the south steps, coming down towards Congress Avenue. Then, the Texas flag-draped casket was carried down that wide promenade between the rows of children. The casket then made its way to its final destination, the Texas State Cemetery, to the Hill of Heroes, where he is to this day. One note, though. The people who planned these ceremonies in each location knew exactly what they were doing. And I will go so far as to say this was not so much a plan as it was a scheme. They knew exactly what they were doing. You see, up until that time, there had been no real concerted effort to teach Texas history. Before that, Texans didn't celebrate the Texas historical events that we talk about today, in those times, people were just too darn busy trying to squeak out a living. They didn't take the time to study those events. The Alamo, San Jacinto, Washington on the Brazos, well, they were just the places where the stuff happened. Sam Houston, David Crockett, even Stephen F. Austin himself were just the guys that were there when all the stuff happened. The reburial of Austin was, among many things, a move to draw attention to the rebirth of the teaching of Texas history. Think about it. If you get the children involved in anything of historical significance, who do you suppose they're going to tell? They're going to tell their kids, their grandchildren, and even in some cases, their great-grandchildren. I believe that was when the importance of Texas history was reborn. The next governor, Oscar Branch Colquitt, was responsible for the reinterment of many people to the Texas State Cemetery who served the Republic of Texas or the Texas government. 
It was also instrumental in the mandated teaching of Texas history in the public schools. It is a law. Texas children will get Texas history in the fourth grade. They'll get it again in the seventh. The Some school districts will teach it again in the 11th grade as part of American history. You will not graduate from a state college without a semester of Texas government, nor will you be allowed to teach in Texas unless you've taken that course. I can assure you, none of that was an accident. There's another interesting aspect to this event, too. It was a big deal at the time, and I would humbly submit to you that this is when the marketing of Texas truly began. Think about it. Not only were the planners of this event wanting to make a memorable event, but they were also trying to promote Texas. There's no better state in the country at marketing itself than Texas. If you can put the shape of the Alamo or a Longhorn or a cowboy hat or even the outlined shape of the state of Texas on something, you can probably sell it. Think of how many car or truck models there are that are the Texas edition or the Texas package. What other state even does this? Have you ever seen the Wisconsin version of the Ford F-150? Ford even has a version named for a ranch in Texas, the King Ranch Edition. Let's just come right out and say it. Texas is just flat special. If you don't think Texas is special, well, name me another state, any other state, where you can find ice cubes, tortilla chips, sinks, swimming pools, even waffle irons shaped like their state. <laughs> I didn't think so. This story may be surprising to you, but I promise you, it did happen. I do want to thank you for sharing your time with me today, and also want you to know that I'm planning new shows just for you. And seeing how we're coming up on the 187th anniversary of the Come and Take It event, well, I think I'll make that the focus of our next episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell your friends and please help spread the word. We need your help. This episode of the Speaking of Texas podcast was sponsored by TXAS.online. That's an online Texas experience where we play Texas music. TXAS.online. Miles and miles of music. In the meantime, this is your Texas Whisperer, Tweet Scott. And until we meet again, remember... God in Texas.